Welcome to the 84th episode of the Cyberpunk 2077 Community Podcast. We have a uh, we have a very interesting show today, and we have a full house again. Finally, we've got uh, Last Known Meal. Welcome back. How was your uh, How was your um, time off last week? Uh, hello, it's good to be actually back. Um, yeah, I do apologize for not actually coming last week. Uh, I had some private things to do, but it's actually great to be back to talk a bit about Cyberpunk. And we also have uh, Mad Queen with us. Greetings, Earthlings. And we have life, uh, we have Neon Arcade. Uh, oh, did we, we start it already? I'm here. Yes, yes. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> So we have uh, we have some interesting some interesting things have been kind of happening in the world of cyberpunk over the last like couple of days here. Um, we still, of course, have that uh, the, the slight delay. So you know everybody knows about that. We're okay. It looks like things are on track. And and, Cyber- and what, what? black screen. Yeah, I, I know. That's what I said. I'm missing my thingy. It's not showing up, and I'm going to fix that in a bit here. <laughs> but I can't fix ah, that, it when I'm talking. That was so your thingy. you said you were missing your crap. So no. I didn't want to inquire more about it. I'm I'm going to I'm going to fix it, guys. Just hold on. Just hold on. Um, but yes, uh, yeah. So, anyways, there is a slight delay always on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're going to take. Uh, well, we are going to take some some seconds to see whatever is happening on screen. Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> showing yeah. any, I'm not showing anything on screen right at the moment, so you know it's it's fine. Shall we start with some subject while you try to fix it? Yes, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was asking. So we've like there's a little bit of news. We of course the delay, and, and everybody knows about that. Um, but you know, other than that, we've got some interesting news. Couple of things. We had an interesting interview. Do we want to start with the interview? Uh, Last known, you you know the most about the interview, and the guy asked a. I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of want to berate him a little bit for it, but I'm also kind of like, well, maybe he just you know didn't know. But I, you you fill us in on on how that interview went, and the the probably the stupid stupidest question I've ever heard when it comes to Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Well, be be don't don't be that harsh on on people. I mean, ah, uh, it was a really was, stupid question. I mean, yeah, it was it was a really stupid question. But I mean, that's the problem with journalists that have to cover plenty of games. They don't have time to learn about the background of everything. That's why it's always important to go to have the information to people that it's specialized. Mm-hmm. But it's a thing that happened. It's not it's not worse that this Mike Poundstone thing. <laughs> yeah, that was worse. That was much worse. That, that, that's, this that's is true. Just... This is true. Yeah. Poundstone. Okay. Here we go. I, <laughs> I have I have fixed the I have fixed the thing. Uh, some files got moved around and it, and the the um, pathing wasn't correct. So now it's correct. So we're good to go. Um, but yeah, no. So well, let's hit the things. We I I don't want to like I don't want to hammer them too much. It was it was obviously a r- ridiculously stupid question. The guy obviously did very very little research for the actual interview. He was just kind of coasting it, so we won't drag him too much. But what was the other things that they kind of talked about in the podcast? Or sorry, in the oh. in the interview, not podcast. Yeah. So some of the things they talked about. This is uh, an article from Collider. Um, 
So some of the things they had talked about was obviously some of the things we already know, like the inspiration behind Cyberpunk 2077, which is, of course, the pen and paper role-playing game, then Akira, Streets of Fire, etc., etc. Um, there are also some questions regarding Johnny Silverhand, maybe referring to that, but uh, yeah, there was a question asked if, if Johnny Silverhand was created specifically for Keanu Reeves. So yeah, that's, uh, that's from the source books. It's not really... Um, regarding other things, we do actually learn, I mean, it's kind of confirmed that um, the short stories with Johnny Silverhand history are going to be indeed short stories. And some of the things that was kind of confirmed here was the uh, Arasaka riot, which is a different event than the, the end of the Fourth Corporate War. Um, so through those short stories, I guess we will learn more stuff about important characters uh, can I interrupt you? Sorry to interrupt you here, but I co- I understood a completely different thing from the interview. I thought that Patrick Mills was talking about about uh, short stories in the context of the original books, not in not that they will be short stories inside the video game because in the in the pen and paper game they are short stories. Mm-hmm. They are short adventures more than stories. Never fade away and the uh, the attack to the Asaka Towers. But yeah, but they can make them the same, like uh, generally just talk about the history of Johnny in, in a form of a short story. Oh, what, what I meant, what I meant is that I didn't, didn't understand that he meant that this will be shown inside the video game in the same format as a short story. Because, well, I believe it's going to be a long story. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, but as a, as a throwback, it's going to be a, mm-hmm. a shorter in a sense. In short bit, not short, but bits and pieces of Johnny's past. I yeah, understood it like that. Context, some context flashbacks. Yeah, right? I think we've seen even little bits and pieces of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of this is going to be the gaming. How much is going to be the flashback? Like small flashbacks. Yes, we saw Johnny in the hammer with uh, with Carrie and Al Cunningham, but. Uh, mm. Also, the next scene, he was holding a gun, and he it wasn't first person. So, is that a f- short flashback, or it's part of the game? Sounds like it's part of the game. I don't know mm. about that. Well, and I mean, well, it depends I'm entirely. Sure on, well, he has he has a physical body in that one, right? Well, that happens in twenty third mm-hmm. in twenty thirteen, not in twenty seventy seven. Yeah, so I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a flashback, but it's like it's a short flashback just for the player to learn a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. All the flashbacks are going to be part that we are always uh, we are going to be able to play, obviously on rails. Oh, I see. This is a story already yeah. produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that was what, what I was going to mention is that we don't know exactly how this is going to um, how this is going to stand up, right? Like we we're, we're not 100 percent positive on the the way that they're going to be giving us this kind of data. Is it going to be in the form of a direct flashback in the middle of being passed out from the first time we get, you know, quote unquote killed? Is it going to be something that happens when we plug the chip in? Is it going to be something that's going to happen after we spend a long time talking to, to uh, the, the, you know, the, the Johnny, yeah. Johnny, you know, in, in his mm. digital form, is it is, like, where exactly is it going to come in? Is it going to be a brain dance, that kind of stuff? And so we're, I think we're getting Well, we have an more. example. Yeah. Go ahead. We have an example on, on The Witcher 3 because there are parts where, where instead of explaining what happened with Siri, then we go to be Siri mm-hmm. and uh, this mm-hmm. story was on rails because it's a story that they, we can't choose what's, what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Could yeah. be similar. 
Yeah, that's what I was talking about. So it could be that. Because if they just give us a cutscene in a sense of that entire event, I mean, it would be okay, but uh, us playing as Johnny for a bit would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Just for a bit, you know. Shoot a couple of people, you talk to Alt maybe, to maybe some characters, because they already have models of uh, of Carrie, both in, in the 2020 and 2077 in 2013. So I'm guessing there might be, you know, talk with the characters from the perspective of Johnny and then maybe you meet him later well may- maybe you will meet him mm-hmm. later in 2070 and so it could be that mm-hmm. I don't know and it'll probably still be from the perspective of Johnny in a, in a way because he's mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. in your head right mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting if, if uh, as, uh, he's connected directly through the chip if we can exchange memories with Silverhand oh yeah <laughs> yeah and and that'll be interesting because I wonder what happens if you're like uh playing, you know, through any of the romantic times that he's having with, you know, Cunningham and, and how that'll affect a player, especially if the player is a female V. That that might be interesting. You know. Little 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 different, maybe, I don't know. Well, yeah. There's, if the player, if the player is into women or not into women, it's mm-hmm. going to be yeah, different. Would... But as this is not something that you select as a, as a you know mm-hmm. as a characteristic of the player, you choose it with the decisions you take. So the game is not going to to know how you want to play the game in this sense. If you want to be straight, be lesbian, is not known. Yeah, and, and so the game a, can, the game cannot react to that. Well. Yeah, that's but and I mean. but that's an interesting dichotomy that you have from the the aspect of a. Of, of the player so that that's kind of cool mm-hmm. um so because i like i like it when they kind of turn things on its head like that it's, it's, it gives some interesting feedback to the experience so um all right um any what else was there that he covered before we talk about the the dumb one oh, okay uh <clears throat> let me just quickly <laughs> so yeah as we already know regarding dlc plans something similar to the witcher uh of course one thing which patrick said which was nice um let me just find it he likes to set a marker at the end of the other part of the city and he likes to just go there on foot and take the well i guess the encounters and stories he finds while going to that location so that's a fun little detail and yeah that that's about it regarding yeah Mm -hmm. that's about it everything else is pretty much what we know yeah so then we get to the the gaff, and here's the gaff, the the gaff, the mistake, the maybe I don't know, maybe he thought he was being smart, maybe whatever, maybe it was an honest mistake. But he then asks, so was the character of Johnny Silverhand written specifically for uh, Keanu Reeves? You know, because Keanu well, Reeves. To be fair, to be fair, he does give the other side of the coin, or was the character first created and then adapted once? Keanu Reeves signed on. Yeah, so which, it's not as yeah. stupid. As, as it's it's not stupid. as stupid, but it's like it's like it's like asking, you know, um, is water wet? It's it's like it's like you should already know this because of the field that you're in and the questions that you're asking. It's okay, okay, maybe. just relax, relax. Let, I know, let's I know, give, I know. let's <laughs> give let's give him some trust. Maybe, maybe he knew that the the, the character is based on. Mm-hmm. But one thing is the past, and a different thing is the future. Mm, maybe. So maybe in the future you are writing a type of character that is more in line who can with Keanu Reeves than with the source material. 
So maybe it's just a rhetorical question, right? He already knew, and he was just perhaps. giving him the options. I I actually watched through the podcast. I mean that yeah that that one question was questionable, but everything else was fine. All right. Well, yeah. just so, just so everybody knows, yes, Keanu Reeves, um, you know, was about twenty th- between probably I'm going to guess between twenty three and twenty five. Uh, during the time period that Mike Pondsmith was actually creating cyberpunk and writing these stories. And he was not a well-known actor at that point in time at all. He was a very small uh, fellow, and it wasn't until well over a year after the original Cyberpunk 2020 was published and was released that he actually starred in his first big show, which was uh, Bill and Ted's, um, the first Bill and Ted movie. So... On the face, it's kind of like a ridiculous question. That's I'm. That's what I've been getting at. It's kind of a ridiculous question because it's like, well, you should know that the character was written. It's like J.R.R. Martin, you know, did he write, you know, the, the main character uh, of the first book? Um, you know, Ted Stark, did he, did he write, you know, Stark's character for, you know, Sean Bean? It's like, no. No, these books are really old. They've been around for a while. Like the the first one, I mean, sure, maybe I guess like there might have been like you could you could maybe postulate it if you were crazy, but yeah. So, Saib, I can see that you you miss or or endings of the podcast trashing Bethesda because we need to trust someone, or you <laughs> the vein in your forehead is going to explode. I, it's just I'm I'm, I I'm very critical. I'm very critical of other journalists and, and people who again it's like he sh- he should have phrased it a little bit better. But I, I know everybody's not perfect. I'm not demanding perfection. I'm just laughing at the absurdity of the question. I I feel more comfortable trashing companies than than individuals. Okay, because True. individuals have feelings. Comp- Companies do not. They are legal entities. <laughs> well, one one individual I'm not going to trash today is um, is the new head. There, sorry, the creative director behind the multiplayer game. This is super super exciting news. Um, this uh, so we're, we'll chat a little bit about him. If you've been wondering, you know what's been happening with multiplayer. First, let's kind of give a quick history lesson. Um, they came out with kind of like an outline of what they wanted the game to be like originally. And there was some information that had gotten itself out in a number of different ways. And there was some, um, some official, um, questions and, and like goals that they had set even during the very first Gamescom when they announced the, that they were working on the cyberpunk universe. This was a very long time ago. And some of the ideas and concepts have, um, kind of been completely reset as far as we know, and we don't really know exactly where they're kind of going from there. But this history is really important for knowing where, now that we know who's in charge of this perspective, where this is probably going to end up going, and probably where it's going to end up um, uh, evolve, like what kind of experience is going to end up evolving to. So does anybody remember what exactly they were... um, they were hoping for in that in that initial stuff. I know we 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 came up with it a long time ago, but do, do you guys any of you guys want to kind of talk? Well, about the that? only the only official thing we knew about it is uh, one of the investors' conference. Uh, the CEO mm-hmm. of the project, uh, Adam Kaczynski, talked a little bit about it. But the only usable thing he said is that it wasn't going to be a battle royale. That that was and, much uh, a- further after. I'm talking like way back on the initial release. 
the initial Gamescon because they actually had. Well, that really that that really didn't matter because the, yeah. apparently they trust everything and changed everything. Yes, so yeah. The, and that's let's what I'm let's not about. confuse people by making them go in mentally two directions. True. They said it's going to have the the true lore ties, right? It's not yeah. just going to be sort of uh, afterthought multiplayer with nothing to do with the story with or this, the history. Yes, exactly. Um, and th- and this is what I was wanting to get at was this, and then was also some of the. So initially, they kind of wanted to have a seamless multiplayer. They really wanted to have the the story impact the multiplayer experience. Um, this was their plan from the get go. So what we can see from here is that. Whilst obviously they they scrapped a lot of the initial concept conceptual stuff they had they were going to have social hubs they were going to have a couple other things um, that was reported um, it and again it was it, there's picture there's video and picture evidence of this floating around on the internet now but this was their previous like the first gen conceptual stuff that that never really like we know that they they scrapped a lot of that stuff they may have scrapped. The, the work that the, the, you know, the physical work that they did on it, like the coding and stuff like that. But I don't think that they scrapped the conceptual stuff. And so this is kind I, of what I want to point out. Go ahead. Uh, it's, it's uh, something that, that it's not clear to me is how long has been, uh, he working in the multiplayer because it seems it is announced like he was just, just hired, but, uh, well, I mean, if they intend to release the multiplayer one year after the release of Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. I believe that... Uh, well, he wasn't, just he wasn't just hired. It's been no. since the yeah. beginning of the year. It's been since yeah. January. Yeah. It's just this has come to light at this point. Yes. I don't think anybody meant, noticed it until, shout out to Night City Life, Night City Life did yeah. uh, last week. And and I'm going to give you a full, deep, in-depth rundown of of who gabe uh i'm gonna butcher his last name here but it's amatangelio amatangelo i think amatangelo yes probably there's uh, and and i apologize for this i'm terrible at pronouncing a lot of last names not you know it's pretty normal so you can you can mock me for that because i'm i'm honestly terrible at that um didn't didn't read or speak until i was nine so you know that that the factors into it um, sorry, go ahead. Well, because he didn't, because he didn't have anything to say. <laughs> no, because, <I'm laughs> because saving, for that. I was saving it up for now when I'm, when I'm doing these podcasts. <laughs> so I, I'm going to give you guys a full, I'm going to do a full breakdown of his, uh, of him. Um, I do know several people that have worked with him. Um, I have, I have worked with some people that have also worked with him and I've heard a significant number of stories from him. First of all, the most important thing about him, he has a glorious, glorious goatee. Just absolutely beautiful. It is it is one of the <laughs> best goatees you will ever see on a man. Definitely. Which awesome. is obviously like a detail, a detail that we need to know to absolutely. learn about the quality of his job. Absolutely. So alright, so um um like I was saying, with the conceptual stuff, with the concepts, um, I'm gonna give you kind of like the early perspective that they were kind of planning and pitching for and that was again there's some some really old video footage or picture footage and stuff uh hanging around um basically they wanted to as i said before focus on multiplayer groups and content that was tied to a narrative story so 
you know, whether you're running that narrative story over and over and over again with different friends or whether you can GM a, an experience, these are things that we don't know how they were going to implement it. But knowing who has been brought into this, we can start to get a better picture of his style of leadership, his style of creative thought, his processes. And then I think we can take that, we can look at what they were planning on doing, what they had originally wanted to do. And we know that they had to scale that back for the sake of time and, and getting the game out on time and then creating a, a separate game for the actual multiplayer. Um, we take that and we can, I think at this point, we can kind of say we know the direction that they're headed in and we, we know a lot of things that they're not going to have. Right away, we can confirm that this concept of it being a battle royale is completely off the table because most battle royales have no concept of story, right? Um they have very little depth of role play. Um, they they can have it, but it's a it's a it's a user created experience, not a not a um, not the game or developer created stuff, right? So like people role play in Arma and in Grand Theft Auto all the time. There's role play servers where people take it very very seriously. Um, there's very little tools given to them by the actual game developers to actually do that, mm. right? So. So that's that's obviously you you as a community can always do whatever you want, and that's great. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that that's what the developers had intended, right? So we're gonna look at what I believe their intentions are with this. So, all right. So way back in two thousand, um, while he was in uh, um, college, still he was he got an internship at uh, New Line Cinema um, for a couple of months. Then he went over to um, uh, Tribeca, I believe, uh, productions for another couple months. Then he went and did, uh, some, some trainee work over at a, uh, a, a talent, talent agency. Um, and then he co-founded a, um, a, uh, a, a company where he was the creative producer. Um, from there, he moved into Mythic Entertainment. This was an EA game or an EA company. Sorry. Um, that he was largely on the team that made Warhammer the MMO. Now, for a lot of people who say Warhammer, he was behind Warhammer as a, at first, a content designer, content design lead, expansion team lead, and then a lead designer. You gotta be kidding me. That was one of the worst MMOs to ever exist. And I would agree with you that it was one of the worst MMOs to ever exist. However, several people that I know within the industry all confirmed that he was raising serious issues about the exact same issues that the community ended up, you know, bombing the game on. So this guy is somebody who identifies and understands the issues that the players understand and have issue with, and he was actively trying to um, change them. But he was not a team lead throughout this. He was, uh, um, at, at most, he was the, the expansion team lead, and then he fell into the team, the lead team designer, but he did not have the ability throughout uh, 2005 up until uh, 2008 to really affect as very much change there. So not somebody who's responsible for a bad game design, somebody who was actively calling for needing to alter some of the game design and fix it. Um, he then moved over as a creative director over to um, EA, where he worked uh, on the Bioware project of Star Wars, this, the SWOTOR game, uh, the SWOTOR MMO. And that went from 2010 to about 2015. Um, he was one of the lead people, and he was also one of the key architects 
behind the concept of the flashpoints. For people who did play that MMO, you've, um, most of them have a really good memory of the flashpoints. These were multiplayer experiences, a dungeon that you completed in 30 minutes to an hour, that there were role-play moments within that affected the story and actually affected the actual dungeon run and sometimes would affect the bosses that you encountered based on your decisions of doing light side choices or dark side choices. And he created the system that that, that, that system ran on, as well as creating the concept of, of having a, a PvP. Um, he created the concept of, of Hutball, where they would just take players from both factions, mix them together, and then force them to play the game um, together. So you were working and playing with people that you'd normally be fighting against. And that these are all brilliant ideas and concepts that, when it was put out originally, worked really, really well and were some of the best content that the game had to offer. And EA never, ever, ever <laughs> expanded on these things. They never improved upon these things and they added very little new content down the road. So this is, again, I don't feel that... that this is his fault for not expanding on this. This is, I would put the ball solidly in, in EA's court of they got the product, they shipped it, and then they were like, don't need to improve it if it ain't broke. So, you know, we'll just, we'll just soak the money in here. And they've, and since then they've put very, 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 very little money and effort into maintaining and, and making that game a better experience. It's a lot of just rehashed old content now. So, uh, again, not really him being at fault there for that, but him definitely being um, kind of a key mind behind creating these interactive, multiplayer, story-driven experiences. Um, either of you guys ever played uh, um, the game? Uh, not, well, no. no. Okay. So, but yeah. I did play Breach, yeah. yeah. When you talk about it, I'll pitch it. Yeah, so, so now we're on to Breach now. This is uh, 2015 to 2019, um, he helped to co-found a new studio called QC Games. Um, you played Breach, right, Lasto? Mm-hmm. I actually had a chance to play it. I don't know if that was alpha or beta. It actually. was the beta, yeah. Ap- applied yeah. randomly to try it out, and um, he actually now works for CDPR. But mm-hmm. um, my overall experience of that beta was actually really nice. Um, mm-hmm. You were probably going to go into that, but it was a 4v1 mm-hmm. uh, kind of a game where one person takes the control of a game master dungeon master however you want to call him and then the four players have to finish pve moments so that was that was fun actually yeah and i think this was a, this was a big concept there was evolve there was uh shadow um what was the bioware one shadow crap i should know this off the top of my head i'm so sorry i don't um but it was another bioware game it was the same thing it was like 5v1 or 4v1 or something like that mm-hmm. and um they scrapped that one, and he had been working on that project there, and then he he moved over, and they created QC Games, where they continued the concept of, like, the 4v1, but then Evolve came out and completely trashed mm. the concept. Like, they really <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. Like, ugh, just terrible. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I think that that game concept really did kind of end up falling down the, the wayside. And, and I think that there are better... I think the way that Evolve did it was horrendous, and I think the way that um, Bioware was kind of aiming to do it, there was some potential there, but I think they ran into some natural barriers because of the 
the concept of how they were trying to implement it. They were trying to implement basically an experience that's just a giant like PVP or sorry, um, like uh, an action-y type thing. And there mm -hmm. wasn't very much time to like stop and get into story and whatnot. And what we see now, which is an incredibly popular experience, is the, the tabletop D&D experiences. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's how many YouTube channels are are have full casts of people doing you know, full adventures and epics that they're getting millions and millions and millions, millions of views on constantly. Mm -hmm. And this is that same experience where it's like five people versus essentially a game master. And those are incredibly popular, but for, for some reason that the corporate version of it just never got off the ground with evolve and, and a bunch of these other games. So I think, I think that breach was, um, getting close to kind of finding a bunch of this stuff. But when I looked mm. into kind of what happened there, I believe that it basically boiled down to, they ran out of money and they just, because of how badly evolve had failed, a bunch of investors looked at their concept and said, eh, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. We're going to invest in some other stuff. And yeah, that, that was kind of my experience as yeah. well. I just stopped hearing news about the game. And it's funny, though, that you mention it. It's like, how much can one game kind of throw a bad light at a certain game mode? Mm -hmm. It's like now when, when people hear multiplayer, they're like, oh, God, no. Right. It's because of all the companies who made multiplayer into what it is, basically, cash cow. And before, and I, I remember reading about Fallout, uh, when Fallout 3 came out, there were some rumors that... Uh, fallout multiplayer is gonna come out people were ecstatic they were mm -hmm. happy and then now it's a whole different story so that was a well i mean that is that is a long story in and of itself the, the multiplayer that was the multiplayer game the mmo that was supposed to come out shortly after fallout 3 came out that a huge huge story i can i've gone into it a number of times on our on our podcast but it, it's basically it was it was a travesty there was a beautiful game that was got to you know, late, late alpha stage, early beta stage. And it was really interesting, really unique, had so many good core concepts to it. And then the whole thing was, was due to a lawsuit was packaged up, put into a vault and then lit on fire basically. And that's how, that's how Bethesda and Zenimax via Zenimax suing, um, because it was Zenimax. It wasn't the people at Bethesda. Zenimax sued and got the full right access to it and um and then they released their own multiplayer version with the concepts that they had basically stolen from this game and implemented extraordinarily poorly and this is now the game that we <laughs> this is this is this is what led to 76 and I remember at the time that there were people who came into the forums for interplay and were mocking them because they lost the case and they were like, I can't wait for Bethesda's going to do a job that you would never have been able to do. And they're going to make the greatest multiplayer Fallout version ever. And it's just like, it's it's so funny because like irony and, you know, just irony of ironies is because we got what we got. So anyways, that was short digressing, but that's a very interesting story. We should go into that full, fully one day. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think with QC Games and with what Gabe... Um, was trying to do was it just didn't hit it, they just didn't have the, the financial support to do it and their investments essentially dried up and it it sucked um 
from what I can, from what I read from a bunch of videos, I saw the game really had a good potential, but they just didn't have enough. Like the engine was a little lacking and the, the, um, they just didn't have the money for advertising. And so the game kind of unceremoniously was, was unreleased. And then the game, the company folded up shop and, and, and shut down. Um, mm -hmm. since that happened, that was, um, that, so they closed up shop in around April, 2019. It was only, uh, essentially he, he sat around and did some consulting work from May to December. And then in January, he joined the team over at cyber at CD project red, um, in, uh, Wolklaw. Well, sorry. How do you pronounce that city? Wrocław. Wrocław. Yeah. Yes. Wrocław. And he popped in over there and he, we don't know at what point, whether that was an immediate thing or whether that was a, uh, an upgrade that he got later on down the road. Um, we, we don't know. That's one of the questions that I really want to ask. I've already sent some feelers out. Um, but he then was, you know, he, he is now as of today, he is the creative director for the multiplayer project. So what does this mean for the multiplayer um cyberpunk 2077 experience from whoa and i thought i was a fan girl when i talk about mm. pondsmith <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't didn't realize man queen uh disappeared to to uh grab a drink or, or whatever it was and take care of some kitties and this whole time we've we've gotten very very little you know ahead there so Yes, welcome back. No, I, was, I was listening to everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, where do where does that leave us? Does the do what are we left with as far as the multiplayer experience that we're looking at getting from his record? I can guarantee you that I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a multiplayer heavily focused story multiplayer experience that incorporates. Um, some reusable content to kind of like create the world that's interesting, but we may be getting that GM experience as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee it, but it is something that he clearly, he clearly showed some interest in doing before and he clearly has a vision for it. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm thinking that that's what they want to do. So what are your guys' thoughts? Would, do you think that, that, on both of those concepts, it being a heavily story version of the multiplayer experience and or and or having that GM experience there as well. What do you think about those ideas? Mm -hmm. I, I think, well, yeah. Oh, okay. sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, please. I, I just wanted to mention that uh, CDPR has also partnered with Digital Escapes. I think that was in early 2018, and they do multiplayer asset creation and stuff like that. So that's been a... A partnership that they've had for a while and they worked on games like uh dying light uh what was it dead rising mass effect so that they're also at play as well so maybe some crossover from them between them and gabe would be uh something that they would be aiming to do right something that they've done in the past they've done the mm -hmm. dying light what was it called become the zombie mode or something like that which was again 4v1 mm-hmm uh, so some some element of the multiplayer could have some asymmetrical multiplayer components to it. I don't think that's the end all be all, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's just interesting to note. Yeah, because yeah. when I think about multiplayer, I think about progression system because that's what keeps people engaged. When you get stuff like when you earn stuff, when you mm -hmm. increase your whatever level, 
Um, in some forms forms of MMO, it's loot. Um, so whatever it is, it needs to have some sort of a progression. So if it's four v one, I don't know. One of the one of the top games right now is is Among Us, and that's the only progression that happens there is how much you start to distrust your friends and and learn how good of liars and backstabbers they are. But mm-hmm. that that's the thing. That's the thing. Every experience with Among Us is essentially different. You either play with different people or whatever. So I'm thinking this particular so, concept is that's more of a what, social phenomenon, anyways. Right? True, yeah. true. But but that social phenomenon has like I really think that has sticking power more so now than ever before because of just how popular like the the D and D has and and D and D types you know Cyberpunk and Pathfinder yeah. and all those games the, this experience of the tabletop experience especially <laughs> during this whole um, shutdown lockdown phase has mm-hmm. really really exploded and I mean if if I mean he's a forward thinker on this kind of content to begin with I think mm-hmm. this is I think he's just getting fuel for the fire. For how the, would for how this would concept. how would a GM mode even work in a? Uh, well, have you played um have you played uh, Divinity Original Sin two any multiplayer where there's a GM experience there? No, it's it is it is for for a game that was like you know built on a on a decent engine, not a great engine, but a decent engine. It was a phenomenally good experience, and with the Baldur's Gate uh, three now, they are upgrading a lot of those systems and creating more and more tools for it. It's not out yet. The the GM experience isn't out yet, but it is something that they're working on. And I, and I think that we'll see that in about a year's time come to fruition. Hopefully maybe it might take another, another year after that. Um, but that should put it in, in about the same line and, and it's the same kind of um, thought patterns coming from a lot of leading people in the industry right now is that they, they are seeing the value of this, social experience that i i do think there is a progression system to be had there um, um i ahead. just want to yeah i just want to say one thing which I, which I wanted to say the social aspect is okay that's the whole point of an mmo or a multiplayer is that social aspect because you play but in terms of progression i meant if they do decide to do that thing and you mentioned tools it, i mean if they give you a set maps that you can go through multiple times even with a game master or whatever it can get boring. So in terms of progression, I was thinking if they do that, they have to have some sort of a map creation system in that side so people can create their own stories. Or on the other hand, they need to have some sort of a loot in a sense that you get and you mm-hmm. progress your character in, in those sense. But yes, the social aspect is definitely important, as you said. And that's the core idea of any pen and paper game is to play with people, is to experience the story with people and, I guess, their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Mad Queen, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Or are you? Are you, are you yeah, I think I think that I that I have too many wishes for them to come true. <laughs> right. <laughs> because we well, I mean, I mean, there's there's a difference. There's a difference between you and me. Mm-hmm. I play pen and paper games so much mm-hmm. that I don't know how is it that I don't have the body shape of a book right now. <laughs> So, so obviously I have I have some hopes. I mean I have some some hopes about the multiplayer. If I started to explain all of them, I just I don't I'd rather thinking that it's impossible technically speaking and then being surprised. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, translating there there have been attempts in the past, but translating the real spirit of a pen and paper game to a video game is something that uh, I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, uh, even if in it, with with regards to game mechanics, well, first the the uh, the explosion of RPGs on video games, and I mean original RPGs, first person, um, I mean uh, single players, then in multiplayer, trying to recreate the spirit of pen and paper games, but the spirit goes beyond to games game mechanics, goes to sharing the experience that uh, it goes beyond any kind of mm-hmm. co-op that I've seen so far. And that's that's the hopes that I have that I have for the multiplayer. But I I understand that is technically impossible and requires a magic that nobody has seen so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, well, I I have you played again? Have you played the Divinity Original Sin two um, experience? Not much, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, because I know it, I know it, that people love it, but it uh, was it was close, but because it was in within the um, it's in the IPN universe of the Divinity universe, it didn't have as many tools built in and concepts like uh, cemented, whereas like D and D does have those, right? Like you know that's the one of the founding pillars of that concept. Um, so I think if you were to look at that from that perspective, I think you'd see that that's probably a much better system. Um, and that I think we're, we're, we're getting to the point where that, that tech is becoming more and more possible, but you're right. We haven't seen it done remotely well at this moment. I, I've never seen a game mm-hmm. in which the co-op, the, the cooperation between the, between the players is at the same level than any tabletop game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And this is technically difficult. Oh yes, very difficult, right? Um, just quickly... and uh, not uh, technic- technically, and also and also artistically, because you need mm-hmm. to create the quests in a way that you need this to be a thing. I mean, uh, I've mm-hmm. never seen it before, and uh, I don't want to put my hopes in seeing it because uh, this has technical technical complications that, as I don't exactly know how how to build it technically, I don't know if it's possible. I believe it's not. All right, so uh, too tall. Uh, I want to get these super chats in. Too tall. It said, said, uh, sent us five bucks and said for talking about glorious goatees. So yes, we have a good, we have another goatee fan here. The importance of a good goatee and especially a really good one. I mean, you know, it's beautiful. Um, I'm not biased at all in the slightest. I haven't had like you know a goatee for pretty much all my entire adult life. I definitely, definitely not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not biased. Um, and then Alexander Pavel, Pavelski says, "Cyber love for the gang sent us uh, two um, two two uh, euros, two euros, not pound, two euros. Thank you so 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 much, both of you guys. Uh, it's really awesome. Thank you again for all the support, for all the likes. Um, thank you guys, and and hit that like button because it it really really does help us with the algorithm and and all that fun stuff. So sorry." Uh, continuing on, um, I think it's getting close. And if anybody, I think could pull off at least maybe not that full experience of that GM, but just pull off a multiplayer that has far more story and far more of a reason for people to, you know, role play that experience. Um, it's also I think it's easier for for you to ask um, <coughs> gamers, you know, modern day gamers. 
I think it's easier for them to, for, easier for you to ask them to role play a street kid or a punk or a nomad or a corpo than I think it's easier for you to ask them to role play as you know a uh, druid, um, a, a druid uh, centaur from some <laughs> kind of you know other other universe, right? So I, I think there is some like definite positivity that that gives them some access to to trying to introduce that that role play mode a little bit more would be interesting to see where they take that well there is there is a thing that i that i would like to say about about mm -hmm. uh, building building pen and paper experiences and there's always this typical joke because as a game director you create the game and then your the players destroy it because they do something that you didn't you didn't Intend. forecast yeah. And you you have to you know redo redo the game to adapt to your players. This is I mean the level the level of ramifications of this is something that well not at its full extent is something that the player intends to do in the in the single player. Hmm. But uh, now, now imagine how it can multiply the, the this level of ramification if if trying to do the same in a call. because they are my my firefight ideas with yours with neons with last known meals. And uh, how how can you how can you incorporate that in a to a story in a way that the story can rebuild itself depending on on what on what are your actions in in the sense of a video game I don't know if this is possible to have some sort of um, how is it called when it's uh, generate automatically generated content the word in English procedural sorry procedurally generated yeah, yeah. yes. And we are we are used to this in in a technical sense when when it comes to create with an algorithm create backgrounds and and uh, scenery and things like that. But what if we could create stories with the same tools? I don't know if I am explaining myself in here. In a way that that possibilities. I mean, it's like it's like if you had an artificial intelligence being the game director of a digital game. Yep. And the game was building itself depending on what were you, what direction did you and your team decide to take? Hmm. I don't yeah. know if artificial intelligences are that developed in gaming, <laughs> but that would be very, that would be very interesting that finding a way to, to generate automatically, because I'm just uh, incapable of saying this word in English, of generating automatically, like you, we generate uh, assets visual assets for the game, generate story assets for the game. Mm. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it could technically have unlimited amount of ideas for a story, in a sense, if you're saying that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're bound by technology at this point for something mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah, that would yeah. be cool, though. Maybe in a couple of years, but... <laughs> well, uh, let me pop in here with a, another super chat from Adam N. Thank you so much. Uh, this time, 4.99 pounds. Um, what are your opinions on influencers as characters in 2077? I'm worried that it will ruin immersion. So, I, um, I, I don't think that we'll have that problem because I don't think they're playing themselves. I think they're playing general characters within the universe. Yeah. And a lot of them are, are pretty decent at, at their voice work. So I, I don't think we're gonna have any of the. I don't think we're gonna have that Elon Musk situation that they had in Rick and Morty, <laughs> where his voice lines were. I mean, it was funny, but 
he didn't like deliver them with passion. He delivered them as himself, right? So, yeah. Well, to be completely honest, in the exception of Alana and the Doctor with disrespect, I had to be explained who the rest are. So I don't think that I'll have a problem with emotion because I mm-hmm. won't be seeing them because I don't know who they are. Yeah, most most are in posters and stuff. Anyways, they're not mm-hmm. actual characters. They're just yeah, yeah. They've been their likeness has been used in some of the the branding and whatever. Yeah, we're uh, I'm I'm still waiting for my call uh, from them to uh, get <laughs> into the game. I'm, I'm I'm sure it's coming at some point. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's coming. And, you know, it's... well, I'm sure that the the artificial intelligence of Dalaman Taxis was inspired on you. Yeah, actually, <laughs> just, I, actually, I go think. Through. I think I think they may have probably already put me in there. I'm either you know um, uh, that the specialized like gold plated Mister Stud, or perhaps I'm one of the vending machines. I'm not really <laughs> sure which, but you know, probably probably. <laughs> oh, the vending the vending machine is already taken. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Sorry, a, maybe a doorbell, <laughs> maybe a doorbell or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Adam smashes me. Sorry. Just Mark says. Sorry. Again. Please go on. Last known meal. I'm I'm done. Just please. (laughs) Just Mark says your Adam smashes Mr. Stud. Ooh. That's a that's a big role. (laughs) (laughs) That's that that is a big role. That's huge. (laughs) He's big indeed. Uh, um, a, a friend of the actually just I'm going to mention this now just because it, it actually kind of ties in a little bit um, we had on uh, um, uh, Desmephisto on the channel a, a couple of uh, it, I, mean, I think it was a couple months ago now um, he's a WoW streamer and we, we had him pop in here uh, to talk he's, he's very very excited for that he's well known as a speedrunner um, and an aut- autism advocate uh, on Twitch he just got partnership and in World of Warcraft, they just named a an item after him, and uh, and wow. gave him um, a special item that was named after him, uh, f- designed for the class that he you know plays a lot, um, and so that's that's really cool. And I got to commend you know studios for doing that. Of course, we'd love to be able to see you know way more people do this kind of stuff more often, uh, but it is nice to see that that. The devs are actually more interested and more connected with doing this kind of stuff because it it was it would usually always be something super super hidden, um, like super super hidden, and you wouldn't be able to like write like really know it you know from the get go. But it's nice that we're seeing more and more of this kind of stuff. So yeah, did they cool. do something for Wreckful? Yes, they did. did yes, the, yes, they did. They added Wreckful Wreckful's character into the game as mm-hmm. in as an actual rogue trainer. Um, and somebody that you can go see. You can also do an emote at her, and she will emote back. And some people were like, "Why? Why did they add Reckful's character in? You know, Reckful was a guy. Why did they add his character in as a girl?" And it's like, "Well, Reckful only played as a girl um, in the game, so that's that's why he's in that perspective." And I think that's brilliant. I think that's absolutely brilliant, and I think that's 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 really like. It's really nice, actually. I really like that. So, yeah, that was a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. It was a super yeah. nice gesture, and uh, and and they, yeah, that's pretty cool. And this this whole thing with uh, Des Mephisto is <laughs> is really good too. So, yeah, uh, check him out mm-hmm. if you guys uh, haven't um, 
we're we're still working on a, a new podcast with him uh, between me and him. So doing doing something that's kind of geared towards the autistic community. So super cool. Um, not 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 cemented in yet, but we're we're working on it. So, anyways, a um, couple more questions in the chat, please send them in. Fritz, Fritz, mm-hmm. most fantastic commercial for you, the triple stat, Mister Stat, out of this way. You should be in just a goatee commercial or something, since you're so in love with goatees. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that they're that they're nice things and they're pretty, you know, they're beautiful and they're they're not like you know a, a full beard. It's like full beard. It's like ugh, you know, it's hey, it's just everywhere all the time. Right. I like something, you know, more sophisticated. And, you know, if you're ever going to be an evil villain, I mean, a goatee is kind of a requirement. Right. So <laughs> I tried to we have a Valencia in the chat. Hello. Thanks for joining. Do you want to go to the, to the merchandising bit? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we can we can go in that direction. If again, if anybody has any questions or their comments about what they think about the multiplayer or your guesses as to what the multiplayer will be like, please send them in now, and we will mention them. No matter how crazy they are, shoot us with your uh, with your concept ideas for the multiplayer. Yeah, but please don't base them all on Mister Stud, please. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say about the Merton that is is so ironic and so and so funny how cyberpunk is supposed to be a criticism and a parody of consumerism, and now to the project is milking the IP to hell. I mean, milking the hell out of it. We have a lot of merchandise around the game, and the game that is the cornerstone of all this is non-existent at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think that soon we're going to have the same jokes that we had back in the day with the shirts of Che Guevara and uh, commercializing something that is supposed to be against commercialization. It's it's funny. It's, it's hilarious, actually. <laughs> oh, Juicebox brings up a brilliant idea. What if um, Adam Smasher's um, Mr. Stud is fully voiced? And I think that we definitely need a character in the game that has a fully voiced um, Mr. Stud as well. And so you're just walking down the street and you hear, hey man, you know, stop stop uh, making those uh, comments. And you hear like a voice that's much lower and quieter going, hey man, shut the blankety blank up. I will try really hard not to swear. Shut the blankety blank up. I'll say whatever I want to say. And you're just like, what the hell? Who's that? And the voice is muffled. Well, so a little muffled, yeah. Like, like. <laughs> but they, they they say it in a tiny voice, or <laughs> yeah. Well, or maybe uh, maybe a deep bar- baritone voice. Hey, hey, man, you look pretty awesome. Want to grab a drink later? It's like you know. Maybe... It reminds me. This reminds me of this weapon in Borderlands too that was constantly criticizing you. Right, you shoot oh. like an idiot. <laughs> and and does anybody remember uh, Neverwinter Nights, the original Neverwinter Nights? You had a talking sword that you could pick up, and the <clears> sword would uh, like when you were killing like a dwarf. It's like, hey, let's cut its beard off once it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and you killed something gross or slimy. It was like, yuck! Why you make me taste this stuff? Oh man, it was so funny. Uh, great concept, and and something that I've kind of like taken to heart for. Um, writing but yeah great concept 
Benji Smith says, how about the DLC where you're a cop in Night City and you try to clean it up like a dirty Harry? Well, Benji, mm. to avoid confusions, DLC are small pieces of, of content and they are for free. And uh, big pieces of content with story are expansions, no DLCs. And uh, someone later says, if you're a cop in Night City, you might, you might die in five minutes. Well, no, actually, actually, people in Night City more or less respects the police. And not because they can gun you down, but because cops are about for business, mm -hmm. which is basically what everybody is worried about. So, yes, a corrupt cop. And, uh, well, like Dirty Harry, no, a corrupt cop. It would be more Night City-ish. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, they want to bring back some, some important character that had, you know, the... um. The spirit, like uh, Hammerman or one of those. Benji Smith, I, this is an interesting concept uh, that you did raise, though. Um, now, mind you, it would be an expansion, not necessarily a DLC, but uh, um, we don't know if the expansions will actually feature V. It could be that they feature other characters um, and and other experiences. And I, I personally would really like the idea of, you know, getting that Psycho Squad uh, experience. Like, I really think, like, maybe starting out, you start out, uh, the expansion as a, as just a regular person who's, who go, ends up going psycho, and then you get drafted into the psycho squad after you get caught, and all of the story that, that happens within that. I, I think that's maybe pretty cool as a, as a baseline concept. But, yeah. Um, and then, uh, we've got, we got more Mr. Stud questions. <laughs> <laughs> if they have animations yeah. for cyberware implementation, does this mean that you will have Mr. Stud and, Mr. and, and Midnight Lady um, implant animations as well? It depends. I, I mean, we don't know exactly where they've come down on this. We know that there's some uh, hot coffee uh, scenes and stuff, and we don't know how quite how graphic and far they go as far as the visual concept, or if there's a mini game with it. You know, maybe you got to do a little bit of a rhythm game. Maybe you got to do a little bit of a, of a question and answer game to, you know, hit things off properly. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's uh, and, and if there's not, I'm sure there'll be a lot of mods that fill that in. Yeah. Now. V needs to be expanded. Uh, so one, um, one asks or says, V needs to be expanded throughout the entirety of the whole game. Uh, this is true, and I think we're going to definitely get this. Um, and yes, uh, Juicebox agrees with me. Uh, he'd like uh, someone of a cyber psycho like the girl from the first teaser reveal. And 100%, like that's really where I get that concept from, that idea from. Um, I think a lot of people wanted that for the uh, multiplayer. I saw a lot of comments. Mm -hmm have the because the 4v we were talking about the 4v1 element of multiplayer that that would play cool into mm -hmm. uh, the max stack right you, you have four officers and you track down a yeah a right I, I, yeah. brilliant brilliant idea a really <laughs> solid concept that that i think would be quite interesting um and that that you it wouldn't just be you playing as a, a tactical officer you'd have like the ability to like command like other troops or you know bots or whatever in the area too so, and then the one cyber psycho is like, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to do, you know, as the, really you think about it as the star system in the, the Grand Theft Auto type games or the, the APB reloaded game where it's like, if you're going crazy, you're trying to do as much 
you're trying to cause as much collateral damage before the 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 cops get you, so to speak. And it slowly like ramps up and ramps up and ramps up. And then your job as the you know the the good guys, so to speak, is to like you know bring them down before they before they hit that like you know that that upper status or before they run out the clock or whatever. And the same thing um, was done in uh, Division. There was a very similar uh, concept there for Division One and Two, and I mean that that really like fueled good chunks of the game play experience for multiplayer. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is especially if they were to add some kind of like story mechanics or RP, uh, role play mechanics in there too. Um, that might be like hyper hyper interesting too. So yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a solid concept. Yeah, good good call on that one. I like that. Yeah, but with all the delays and everything, I don't expect multiplayer for at least two years. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not like one year. Yeah, that would be great. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to, I'd love to know more because they, they do have the the, the prototypes, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. once they, they, I think they have multiple actually. So they do, do they know what uh, direction that they're going? Really, they know maybe they're a little bit more focused on what direction. But do they know the, you know, the final? kind of last branch that they're going to take towards something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Gabe has been brought on to help. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's really where we're like, where we're interested in seeing where this is going because the, the, what he can bring to the um, experience, what he can bring to the, um, to the overall like design team is this experience that he's focused on, on that kind of stuff. So, if he manages to bring it in like that, I mean, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I think right now everything is uh, focused on the single player. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Asking, yeah, right now. The, the next Night City wires. Do we have any maybe predictions on when? I'd imagine just because of the delay, they pushed yeah. things back maybe a couple weeks. I suspect mm. that we'll probably get it after the probably after the the Thanksgiving weekend. You think? E, yeah, maybe before. What Thanksgiving maybe. weekend? Twenty third, right? Yeah. yeah. E, sorry, the twenty sixth. Is it the twenty sixth? Something like that. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I think we could possibly get it before. Yeah, it's it's possible to get it before, but I I think they could maybe like that. You know, fourth, fifth, sixth. That would be a great time to drop it too. Just because that's, that is that lull time right before, like right after all the the crazy stuff happens on in around the holidays, and then as you're going into the next set of holidays, there is a bit of a lull there. So that would be a great time for it. But I think you're right. I think the twentieth um, is also a good time for it because that's right before you know in and around the twentieth as well. So like mm-hmm. like obviously that'd be like uh, the nineteenth or whatever. So. Um, yeah, that would that would help with uh, trend the trending of the game before it drops, right? If you if mm-hmm. you put it between the first and the fourth or something like that, that that's a really nice window for a big content drop, I think. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. If they want to actually have ne- nice TWR soon, they'll have to announce it next week, maybe at the end yeah. of the week. Yeah. And so we're we're getting we're getting information on expansions before 
before launch, right? Well, that's yeah. that's still we like. I mean, I'm not certain Except about that. They, I, I would think that that would be a little bit weird because depending on how much information you're giving, you do kind of like confirm certain things about the story depending on what info you drop. So, <clears throat> the most I, mean, I think they could do is like locational. I think maybe uh, what they had for Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone. Uh, I believe they had the cover image with the logo, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And just they had just a a small summary, two sentences basically. You could just have a logo teaser as well, right? Just with the name of the. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy. Yeah, but what they do say though, what they do say is that they stated straight away that Hearts of Stone is going to be a smaller expansion, in a sense, and Blood and Wine is going to be the bigger expansion, giving you another another world. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that we knew that. So I think they're gonna do the same thing with with Cyberpunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was also season pass, I believe, straight after the uh, Witcher three came out. So you can get I me mean, not yeah season pass that it's where you get all of the, the yeah content for free pretty much. I mean yeah you get both expansions for a certain amount of money that that right. bundle yeah. stuff yeah 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 yeah. We'll Looking see. forward to that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the last thing personally that I would want to know. Mm-hmm. If I, if I was a regular consumer, I'd be I'd have gone dark at this point because they're they're really showing a lot of stuff that are not that's not necessarily spoilery, but that mm-hmm. I'd want to discover for myself the first mm-hmm. time going into it. So true, true. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Alfred in the chat, absolutely. Um, just check out the the podcast either like uh before but basically i gave a full i don't want to go through it again because it is a lot of info on the multiplayer director and and he's the creative right now he's a creative director um there may be some like shifts and whatever after the game goes live but i I kind of doubt it because i suspect at this point that the direction for the multiplayer um is kind of more or less running their own ship right now and they'll have some staff move over but it'll all be like secondary and like support staff not necessarily like the lead staff i think the lead staff that's currently running the um the game for cyberpunk right now some of those positions will be mixed around or moved around possibly but they'll be focusing on the expansions and i Mm -hmm. i I have a nagging feeling that I think that they're going to end up doing more expansions than what they think they are right now, just because of how successful that model has been recently. Um, but they may wish to just go straight into making a, you know, a, a you know, Cyberpunk twenty seventy nine or something like that. You know, bumping it up to to do the next game, right? So it. It really depends. It really depends. I think right now we can't call it too much because there's so much in flux right now. We've got the new generation of consoles. We've got the, um, you know, we've got this as as a whole new IP entering the marketplace. Right now, I think there's a lot of things that are up in the air. And we also don't know where the winds of like uh, the the mass gamer appeal is going to go. So that that's the other thing that we just we just don't know yet, but we will know at some point soon. So, yeah, true. Well, yeah, trends change, especially now, all the time. It's like mm-hmm. people like this, and but ultimately, people don't know what they like. 
you, you give them something and then they kind of decide if they like it or not. I mean, they can have some ideas, but in, in you know, it's always difficult to appease everyone. It's impossible. Uh, Caesar asks, is there anything about the new subter- about the uh, subterranean tunnels of Night City, like the sewers and the bomb shelters, uh, the people who live there and the things that they do? Um, this is a very good question, uh, because this is something that we had been expecting and hearing about as far as the original design concept of having like these kinds of like areas to be really explorable. But I believe that just due to gaming constraints and and the fact that we haven't seen it at all, I suspect that, that we're not seeing that area and that really the, um, the area outside of Night City is more or less taking place on this, but Again, not well, sure. well. Then go let ahead. me interrupt you yeah, yeah, here ahead, because we've seen, we've seen images of the subterranean parts that were of the corporate center that was destroyed by the bomb. In fact, the subterranean part with the remains of the Arasaka towers. We see, we've seen a picture of that. We have. The thing is that yes, yeah, it was what? in the style trailer, the Arasaka Memorial. Oh, okay, that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought. On the, on I thought... the one hand. I mean, original concepts of cyberpunk. We saw uh, that we saw uh, certain art pieces ages ago. Seemed to use the third edition of the pen and paper game, which was discontinued and substituted with cyberpunk red. So the underground part of of Night City was something that in the third edition was very important because it the, the Night City was rebuilt entirely without destroying 100% of what was below. So you had the old city that was below the, the new city. Mm-hmm. And this in Cyberpunk Red is not explained. That is the thing that happened. They they rebuilt the city. The only thing that the only place that was problematic was the city center. Well, they, the ruins were radioactive and they threw them to the sea. And that's the only part that we saw that has, you know, an underground part that is on the style of this original idea of, of uh, third edition. This, as, as the comment says, where we also have sewers and all that, but this is a different concept. One thing is mm-hmm. an old city, a destroyed old city below the new city and uh, sewers and uh, these things in the style of those eggs. The people that live there, the people that live there are homeless. This, the, if there is one thing that you have in Night City, it's homeless people. Mm-hmm. So you can expect them everywhere. So I mean, because I'm, they are they are not they are not shark, shark people anymore. That's discontinued. I, I really I really want there to be giant, massive, giant ruins that you can just go into and and explore for hours and hours and hours and hours. Like good a good dungeon is probably one of my favorite things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would I would hope so, but I haven't seen any like heavily heavily marketing on that, and I haven't seen anything that really looks like that within the gameplay that's been put out yet so i've been kind of like my my hopes for that have been kind of cooled a little bit but at the same time i'm not i'm not saying that that's gonna mean that it's gonna be bad it's just it's gonna be less of that particular thing and more of like you know uh other places to go so so i don't know we'll see i hope i'll be pleasantly surprised um yeah and true I mean, multiplayer is going to kind of continue the franchise a lot while they're working on their next game. I mean, single player, of course, yeah, absolutely, but uh, multiplayer as well. Mm-hmm. Because if, honestly, they're 
gearing up like it's gonna be something bigger. Uh, this doesn't look like something small. I don't know. I, I might be wrong, but uh, all of these preparations and assets in place, I expect something big in that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll see though. How many people typically work on like a triple A AAA multiplayer game at one time? It, it entirely depends. Um, <clears throat> and it also like the, their success changes drastically as well. Like there are large teams of, of a thousand or more people that have made games that have really bombed. And then there's other games that have been made by, I mean, there's, there's one of the, one of the hottest currently like growing um, MOBA games right now is made by a team of three people. I think it is. It's, it's three or four people. And there's a, there's a, a whole bunch of other games. One of the best, um, a bunch of like top up and coming games have, have teams of less than 20 people right now. Um, and, and again, it just, you get, you do get a lot of bloat when you become a giant corporation and you do get a lot of like, um, running things around in circles when you're working with a small team with an incredibly small budget, you are basically, you know, you're basically sitting at this point where it's like you have very, very little, um, you have very, very small amount of money and time to play with. So you agonize over design decisions. You, you test them out in your head. You dream about them for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then you finally pull the trigger. You know that you, you don't have a lot of chances to change the thing once it's going, right? So because there's more thought put into it, you get a little bit less development time, whereas other companies, especially we know that this CDPR does this, is that you'll have CDPR come out with a, an idea and they'll make it and then they'll test it for weeks and weeks and weeks and then they'll scrap it because they don't like it. Yeah. And and you do lose a lot of development time there, but you also get you you also do get probably the best uh the best outcome uh that a corporation can create when you're doing something like that versus something where you know where they're they're you know they're not they're not they're too worried about throwing away work that they've done right because you know well just fix it and i mean an example of this that i would give would be like anthem right like they couldn't just trash that even though they should have like two months before the game came out they should have just been you know what guys sorry to tell you this but it's a complete dumpster fire and um it's a total mess so we're just gonna go back to making mass effect and um trust me uh you would not have been happy with this game let's yeah let's just <laughs> leave it at that same thing with 76 should have done that too yeah there's also runescape it's a great example of uh small team but a great game which is a uh, technically an mmo mm -hmm. yeah yeah good good multiplayers can definitely happen it's like it's just i don't know there's there's many factors which go into that it's like it it's it's not even only it's it's that as matt queen said there is that social aspect which is extremely important in a multiplayer there's a you know let's take WoW for example a lot of people play WoW because their friends play WoW. So yeah, maybe something similar here. We'll we'll, we'll see how it, how they do it. Honestly. So Hello. all right, um, <clears throat> more chats. Uh, question for Bad Queen. Uh, who won your pizza? 
Mad Queen, who won your pizza competition? Have you announced that yet? I totally, I totally forgot about that. Well, yes, actually, actually, the the pizza pool had a dinner. A dinner. Ooh, the pizza pool had a winner. And back in the day, because obviously the winner of the pizza pool was the the first the first release date. Yeah. And the person the person who won is the one that set uh, that set uh, the. Uh, the birthday of, of Mike Pondsmith. That mm. was I don't remember if the day before or the day after of the of the release. Yep. And yeah, it had a winner, but it had a winner ages ago, one <laughs> year and something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'll be ordering a pizza when the game comes out that night because I am not making food. Too. <laughs> 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 so. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm not going to make a a pizza pool every time it delays. <laughs> yeah. The pizza pool would will be. Uh, is there another delay? Yes. No. <laughs> uh, you know. If Guess we didn't the have, release date for next delay. If we didn't have this whole shutdown thing, one of the one of the concepts that I was throwing around is like, you know, gee, some at some point, you know, when a big game is coming out, I just want to rent out like, you know, giant giant like office building or something like that just have cubicles set up everywhere for people to play the game and then just have them like you know like have a doctor to like write notes where oh yes the person's actually this might actually be better with the whole shutdown thing is like is like oh yeah so and so is going in for uh uh you know 48 hours of intense observation and are unable to work during this time that uh, that might be something it would be really funny if we have another delay, and then there are other games that moved their release date to avoid competing with Subpoint. Again, again, oh, it's... And, and, you know, and those companies are looking at Red like, make up your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let us release. <laughs> but yeah, other delay, I hope it's impossible. But the rest of companies would be really pissed. If they all move their release date with with the expenses that this means to companies, because you know a delay a delay costs money. Yeah. yeah so they they are all like breathing breathing in a, in a plastic uh, in a paper bag <laughs> uh, paper bag like <laughs> please no other delay. <laughs> Let us plan and schedule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like it. It's like due to twenty twenty and. Other games <laughs> <laughs> and other games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but mostly to the 2020, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I uh, think bug snacks <clears throat> is the reason why everything is delayed, to be honest, right? Uh, fits and juice box, thanks both for your kind comments on a, on on um, that. And I, I will say that, um, as far as like you know, we of course we'd love more recognition, but we are still fairly small, and you can help us by you know hitting the like button and also by you know tuning in every week, but also by telling people who who then start talking about the game in the future that we're we're in this for the long haul. There's a lot of these people that you you mentioned that you know they're gonna they're gonna cover Cyberpunk for like a month, maybe five, maybe six, maybe maybe a year, like you know heavily, and then they're gonna move on. Uh, we are going to be doing content here um, constantly over the next few years from everything from the multiplayer game to mods to um, lining up as many post interviews with devs that, that we can get our hands on. Uh, just tons and tons of stuff. And we we have lots and lots of cool plans for the future. 
And your guys' support really, really, really helps us. So thank you guys so much. We couldn't do this without you guys. You guys are awesome. As a, as a community, we have some of the best community uh, people there are. Um, <clears throat> you know, please join our discords. If you haven't already, check out some of our discords. We have, um, uh, we, we have weekly, we have a weekly book club now. We have a weekly, um, couple weekly rounds of Among Us or, um, Quiplash or stuff like that. So if you're interested in finding an active gaming community, like hit up our, our discord, hit up, hit up, uh, um, the discords of Last Down and ne Neon and Queen. Um, because we, we have an awesome community and we are interested in growing that community as much as we can over the next few years. And we're, we're not going anywhere with cyberpunk content. We will, you know, um, our channels specifically will be covering other games like we, like we normally do, but we're not walking away from cyberpunk. We got, we got lots of plans coming. And if we can, we, we, uh, I will be definitely doing a large mod for the game at some point. I'm hoping. Uh, we're starting to line people up for that. So, yeah. Cyrus says, "I feel like we'll be too busy playing the game to watch YouTube." <clears throat> well, uh, Cyrus, this is a game that has an in, an insane uh, world building. Mm -hmm. So maybe you would you go into it to be explained a lot of uh, what you see in the game to get any insignificant detail of it. Or maybe you want to find out what the best My Little Pony mod for the game will be in you know eight months. <laughs> And that's, I mean, that could, that could, you know, make or break your experience. I, let me tell you the, I chose the wrong, my little pony mod for, for fallout four. And I got to say horrified nightmare. Haven't been able to install it since then. It's just, wow. It's just terrible. <laughs> so you got to make sure you pick the right ones. And of course I'm joking. <laughs> BJ says today I have watched McQueen's cyberpunk 2077 news from over three years ago before the beep. <laughs> it's been so long. See how much we knew back then. Well, uh, the books were the same except for Cyberpunk Red. No, it was just the, the gameplay. Same. Yeah. The oh, lack of <clears throat> Juicebox, you're right. 100% Thomas the Tank. We're going to have Thomas the Tank. Oh my god, yes. Oh. Adam Smasher is Thomas the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm that's a, okay. I'm gonna try and mod um, Thomas the Tank's face onto Adam Smasher. <laughs> I, this is this is going to be just great, and just have like his general like like this. I swear, this is gonna be super funny. We're gonna we're gonna try it. We're gonna try it. Oh, we are going to try it. Oh yes. <laughs> well, I I think I think the mod the mod that would would, would be easier to to create with Thomas the Tank is is the screen of the Lamen. Mm-hmm. In the taxi, you got to pick the combat cap and the Thomas. Hello, where do you want to go? <laughs> that's that's a good idea too. It always it it always is so is always so fascinating what mods people come up with and the the amount of stuff that they can come up with. Like it's it's so awesome. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Actually, I I love I adore the modding community in any mm -hmm. game. Honestly, like geez, because. I had a lot of games that actually, like, let's take Karma, for example. Let's take uh, Stalker, for example. Like, those games, they were not updated in a very long time. But still, like, the amount of mods. It's... Jesus. Right. So, yeah. I, lo I love the modding community, honestly. Uh, 
Um, <clears throat> you know what? I'll, I'll mention. I'll mention this today. Oh mm-hmm. darn! Wait. I was going to mention this last week, but I forgot. One, one second. One second. Um, last known meal. Have you seen Stalker Two trailer yet? Yes, yes, yes. I was just about to answer that. Looks great. Looks amazing. Um, what other what 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 are some of the other? I know there was a couple more announcements made recently, and then oh yes, we want to do a pool of some kind. Um, we want to do a, some kind uh, a pool of some kind for um uh the game awards. Um, we don't quite know when the the like if there's going to be any last minute changes or or alterations to it. But um, let us know if you guys want to do like uh, a watch party with the uh with us. I mean, we're gonna definitely be streaming it. But if you guys want to do like um some kind of a some kind of a like a, a a what's the word like a like a collab yeah, like like a like a pool uh no no for the community members oh. to like like guess wow. to guess awards and stuff like that once like ah. like for for who wins what right um and and start doing that because that's something that I, I think we can we can start doing a little bit more often is having some more uh more fun with that isn't the game awards on the on the tenth. Yeah, uh, I I think so. She gonna be eleventh for me. Yeah, oh she's gonna God. be busy playing Fine. Cyberpunk. <laughs> Probably. Well, I mean, I'm hoping we'll be busy playing Cyberpunk before <laughs> that. You never need to hear that from me. <clears throat> I mean, um, I love the time though. From one a.m. to five p.m. My time, great, mm-hmm. amazing. I am. So Alex Trebek passed away today, just a few hours ago. If anybody's, um, who's that? Somebody else passed away recently as well, and I wanted to mention them, and I forgot who it was, and I don't have my thing pulled up anymore. Sean Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Thank you. Last yes, that was last week. We lost Sean Connery, and then this week we lost Alex Trebek. So you know, uh, ours out to both those fellows because they were. You know, they were they're pretty awesome people. Um yeah. I mean Sean Connery is like one of the few like Scottish actors, you know, that became famous. Like really famous with a heavy Scottish accent. I can't even think of another Scottish accent a heavy accented Scottish actor. Like aside from that isn't the dude who played uh Qui Qui-Gon Jinn, isn't he Scottish too? I wouldn't know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. Seanery. Yeah. Seanery. Sean Connery. Yeah. But the, the second guy. But is wait, just... wait. 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 Mm-hmm. Are you telling me you don't know more Scottish actors? Uh, Scottish actors with a heavy Scottish accent. You mean you mean like David Tennant? Was he? Oh, he's not James McAvoy. He's British. Is, Scottish. Is, it... is the is the joke about David Tennant being Scottish? Really? No, he's yeah. British. He's Scottish. He's okay. Google he it if Scottish. you don't believe me. Yeah, he is Scottish. He is. Yeah. Evan McGregor, Obi Wan is Scottish. Yeah. I just well. think Liam Neeson is 
is uh, Scottish. Yeah, that, well, that's who I was talking about, Liam Neeson with the, yeah. Um, the young James McAvoy, also not almost known. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, this is true, yeah. I, I wonder why they keep hiring Scottish uh, people for Star Wars roles. That's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, anyways, uh, thoughts go out to uh, Alex Trebek. Um, I used to watch him daily growing up, like the the because like my dad, my grandfather, and I would sit around watching the you know an hour of Jeopardy, and they would try and like you know get all the answers, and and I would feel bad when I could only get like you know ninety percent of the questions each each round. I would have always feel stupid. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good it's a good memory. But anyways, um, I, I don't want to end on that sad note. But is there any other news we want to chat about before we go? We're pushing uh, pushing ninety minutes here. Anything else we want to cover? Uh, just yeah, one one small well, two small things. Sure. Uh, two small things that we can show. But uh, number one, uh, there is the OnePlus phone that was unboxing. So mm -hmm. if you go to Baby, you can find it. And then there was the commercial, the anime commercial for animated, well, commercial for OnePlus phone. And I believe someone ate on YouTube right now. So people can watch it somewhere. I, I don't know. I think someone uploaded it. But it's a really cool, really cool commercial for the phone. But yeah. We don't know if it's connected to the story, though, because Takemura is also in that. But, yeah, might be just something random. Gives you a little uh, taste of what the uh, the anime series would look like from uh, Trigger. Studio Trigger. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Looking Honestly, forward to that, oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. And maybe even live action in the future. Who knows? With this IP, if it reaches... What happened uh, to that fan that fan made one by uh, Mall Cosplay? Remember the Phoenix Project or something like that? Maybe that's been pushed back since the isn't that done? the game has been is that out? I saw the trailer for that a while ago. I haven't seen anything <clears throat> since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, it's not out yet. You guys, remember that or mm, I do too. Yeah. yeah, with Mall Cosplay. Yeah, there was a whole thing in the. Uh, in the bar, I believe, or a club or something. Yeah. Their last update on it was July 1st. Oh, damn. Twitter, at least. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Anyways, I'm sure it'll come eventually. Yeah. But yeah, that was all the all of the bonus stuff we had this week. Slow week, though. Yeah, a little, little slow, and I think, I think it's just that you know, so we're still suffering from news overload on a bunch of other things going on around the world. Um, so, yeah, uh, we got, uh, I should mention this, we've got uh, Japan's potentially releasing a bunch of uh, radioactive water back into the ocean. So who had Godzilla for uh, November on the bounty, on the uh, bingo board? <laughs> Godzilla for November. Anybody Godzilla November? <laughs> I I think I had it. Anybody else? Okay, cool. Oh, twenty twenty is the most amazing year ever for insanity. <clears throat> Biggest cyberpunk boss twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't I can't wait to uh to delete all the uh, as much of my memories of 2020 and and fill that all that space up with cyberpunk stuff as much as I can. So it's, it's, I'm just gonna make room like that. Yep. Just clear out the SSD. Mm. Um, uh, good comments. Good comments in the chat. Uh, I got I got Mothra for Christmas. <laughs> Right? Uh, I like nothing would surprise me at this point. Absolutely nothing would surprise me at this point. But okay. Alrighty. Um anything else? Uh what do you guys got going on this week? Uh Neon. Uh I will be working on part two of the the lore dump that I posted I think a week ago at this point. So part two of that will be hopefully coming out on Friday. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's my major thing for this week that I'm working on. And uh, Mad Queen, you there? Yes, I am. I am am constantly muted because my cat decided that she wants attention. And, you know, she demanding my attention is one thing, but she demanding the attention of how many people is there? 173 viewers. I just feel a little bad about it. <laughs> so next week, next week, Mr. Ruber will be back. Nice. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because she has a couple of things to explain about Cyberpunk. Mm. And uh, last known. Uh, well, uh, more lore videos next week. I'm starting from Tuesday, so we'll see. Also, we'll see how the news about Cyberpunk come out. So, yeah. And... That's regarding the content. Alrighty, and we've got we've got a couple things going on this week. We're going to be our streaming schedule and live streaming is going to go through the roof in the next few days here, uh, next like week or two. Um, myself, uh, Moon, um, maybe even Ash a little bit. We're going to be we're going to be doing a lot more streaming both uh, on the Discord but also on uh, YouTube and Twitch and stuff. We're going to be doing a, um, covering a bunch of other additional games. So. Stay tuned for that. Um, we're, we're boosting that up. I am finally free. Uh, of yeah, I'm finally free. So I am now going to be streaming a, a ton more. I've got a couple things more to do. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bump that up quite a bit this uh, over the next few weeks here. So it's gonna be great. So alrighty, I think we're I think we're good. So uh, yeah. Uh, no, before before we go, uh, yep. before we go, um, shameless promotion. Uh, remember that day, they, it's Friday. We have a podcast with Arthurian Games called mm-hmm. The World of Cyberpunk 2077 with Arthurian Games. Fridays at 8 p.m. Central European time, which I believe is 2 Eastern time. I am not sure. Yeah, <laughs> 8 p.m. Yeah. Like, like this podcast, more or less like this podcast. And the uh, past week, by surprise, Mike Pondsmith just came to say hi. So let's hope that he does the same in the future again. <laughs> nice. That, that was great. That was amazing. Yeah. Surprising. <laughs> but I joined in. It's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> That's what I said. Because I was, I swear, I was, I didn't know he was coming. I was just going to put the countdown and, and to call Jay. And he said, hey, can you include Mike in the mic, like in, the, in the call? And I was like, Mike, Mike, like in Mike Pondsmith, you know. Yeah, sh- sure. He wants to come and say hi. Like what? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, of course. We Funny want moment. more Mike. We want more Mike. 
That's, yeah. that, that's great. And yeah, I was really, really busy on the Friday, but I'm, I'm hoping to uh, catch that and, and um, pop in from time to time. That's, 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 I'm looking forward to that. So. Next Friday, the subject will be the collapse. Ooh, the collapse. Because the collapse, that is, that, that's the thing that everybody asks about, uh, and I love explaining. Mm-hmm. But there is uh, information expanded in Cyberpunk Red. And for next podcast, the embargo will be over. Mm, yay! Oh, yes. So we can talk about the collapse. Oh, my God. The new things that they added in Cyberpunk Red, I just love them. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, see you guys next week. Who's on? Who's hosting next week? Me. It'll be Mad Queen. Mad Queen will be hosting yeah. next week. So, so see y'all then. See ya. Bye. Bye bye.